Welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for being with us today. We're always excited when it comes time to present our next in our long-running series of awards, honoring those folks in Northeast Ohio who are working to make this a better community. We just recently announced our 2022 class of Women of Note. Here to tell us about a few honorees is our own Woman of Note, uh, our own Cranes Cleveland Executive Editor, Elizabeth McIntyre. Elizabeth, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Dan. Pleasure to be here. Before we dive into some of the specific award winners this year, remind us what exactly is Women of Note? My description was pretty perfunctory. So um, so every year, uh, Cranes um, honors 15 women who are doing impactful work professionally and in the community. So we're really looking for people who not only are, are at the top level of their careers, but also we're giving back to the community in a pretty profound way. Um, so we're looking for that balance between professional and community work. Is there any other thing you need to do to qualify or is that pretty much it? No, that's pretty much it. I mean, you have to have a record of accomplishment. Um, you know, it's, it's, you have to have shown the work you've done and the impact it's made, um, not only in your place of work, but also in the community. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that some of these 2022 honorees have been guests on the landscape or their organizations have been represented. One of them is the president for the Fund for Our Economic Future. She was a wonderful guest. Tell us about her and why she was honored. Sure. So Bethia has um, been with the fund for a long time. She actually started there um, in the early 2000s. And at the beginning of uh, 2020, she became president of the Fund for Our Economic Future, only the second person to head that nonprofit um, organization. And Bethia was really known for writing this report called The Two Tomorrows that looked at um, how to create inclusive economic growth in Northeast Ohio. So she's been a thought leader for a good two decades now um, in our region. And to see her heading this, this agency and what she's done with it and taking it on just as COVID was starting and moving it forward has really been an inspiration for a lot of people. We recently spoke to Emily Esterly. She's the Vice President of Work Ecosystem and Employee Experience at Akron's Gojo about their plans to return to work, and they've been, really been praised for them. Her company's president and CEO was also an honoree. Right. So Carrie uh, Jaros is the CEO of Gojo, which, of course, is best known for making Purell. And Carrie took over that role right at the start of 2020, January 1st, Carrie becomes CEO. And of course, a month later, you know, we start to hear about um, COVID. And the month after that, everything shuts down. So under Carrie's leadership, Gojo was producing billions upon billions upon billions of doses of Purell. So they had to ramp up production literally overnight. They had to take over space. They took over space at the IX Center um, at one point to increase their capacity to manufacture hand sanitizer, which was in such great demand. Um, so Carrie um, led all of this, and, and she did so in a really extraordinary way while also maintaining uh, the culture at the manufacturer um, based in Akron. So Carrie had her hands in a lot of different things. And I have to tell you, um, Dan, she was so inspiring during the event when she spoke. So she gets up on stage when she's announced 
and has this tiny little piece of paper just to give her a few notes of what she wanted to talk about. And she started off by quoting um, a meme she had seen on the internet that goes something like this. Women are supposed to work like they don't have children and mother like they don't work outside the home. And she really riffed on that concept of the kind of the duality that many women find themselves in of, of being the perfect um, person at work. And you've got to work hard. You've got to do all those things, but also to be the perfect parent, you know, kind of goes back to that. You can have it all um, way of thinking that a lot of working women struggle with and feel guilty about and all of um, the baggage that goes with it. And of course, during COVID, a lot of working women really struggled with, with, with the duality and the challenges of trying to not only work, but educate their children at the home who were not going into school anymore and everything else that came with the pandemic. And Carrie spoke so eloquently um, about those challenges around that. Um, and was really, it was a very inspiring speech. Elizabeth, I know a lot of companies pay lip service to, you know, being concerned about their employees, but I think it's evident when you hear about the culture at Gojo, they really do seem like they're driven to make sure their employees are not only happy, but they're involved in the process. Definitely. And I think, you know, the uh, conversation that you had with Emily about the work that they've done around that is is really worth listening to. So if you haven't checked out that podcast yet, please do, because it's uh, you can really learn a lot from that conversation. If you spend any time around Ohio City, you've seen the work of a designer who's really made her presence felt around that neighborhood, Marika Shiori Clark, uh, in terms of designing buildings and really making things look a little bit different in Ohio City. Tell us about her work and how she landed on the list. Right. So Marika is a designer and she's really, she's had such an eclectic and varied career, um, not only here in Cleveland, but also globally. I mean, she is, um, she helped to design a hospital in Rwanda. She also um, did some sanitation systems work in Ghana, but in Ohio City specifically, in the Hingetown neighborhood, um, she and her husband, Graham Vesey, were the, the force behind the church and state apartment project. That's the 11-story um, apartment project that went up about a year or so ago that kind of has that Jenga, Jenga um, kind of look to yeah. it. It's a very cool building. So she does a lot of development. But she's also, you know, she's a creative visionary in a lot of ways. And what I loved about Marika, when she spoke at the Women of a Note um, Awards Luncheon on June 28th, she really spoke um, beautifully about the importance of play. Um, She's got a toddler at home and she um, really wants to make Cleveland kind of um, known for its accessibility of playgrounds and areas, and I'm not talking the cookie cutter kind of playgrounds that you see at McDonald's and things like that. She harkened back to when she was growing up um, in Berkeley. And there was a playground there where it really encouraged children to think creatively and to challenge their thinking and problem solve in a way that, um, that you just don't get when you're going to, you know, a suburban playground kind of a situation. Um, so I thought that, you know, it was a very provocative idea and it was a fun idea. um, And it really spoke to uh, the way Marika thinks, which is incredible. 
it's interesting. I've had a chance to visit the church and state. And of course, anybody who would put a, a sliding board like in the building that you can slide down to the ground <laughs> has right. to be a fun person. But I mean, just look at the, the notion of the building. It, it does seem to have a sort of a whimsical, playful nature to it. In addition to what you're describing in terms of playgrounds, it, it's a building that looks like it's supposed to be about fun in addition to being about beautiful housing. And you'll find that with a lot of the work that Marika does, is it does have that whimsy to it that I think just makes it very inviting. Megan Likens-Rich is the executive director of the Museum of Contemporary Art in University Circle. I mean, taking over a museum at any time is difficult, and that particular museum has had some ups and downs. And then doing it during a pandemic, I can see why she made the list. She's really faced and and surpassed a lot of challenges. She really has, and she has a a long history at at MOCA. She actually um, started there as a fellow from like 2004 to 2006, And then she came back as a full-time staffer a couple years after that. I think it was around 2007 as an assistant curator and director of adult education. And then she kind of rose through the ranks of director of programming and everything like that. And as MOCA went through some upheaval several years ago, she became the interim director and really excelled in that role to the point that um, she decided, you know, hey, I'm just going to I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. And in January, she was named as the permanent executive director. And she's um, she's got a great reputation of working with others. And I see her having great success in that role at MOCA. One of the things you mentioned is that, that these women of note tend to be people who have this balance, as you talked about. They're successful at their work, but they're also involved in the community. I'm not sure I could keep up with Tanya Manise. Uh, from the, she's the CEO and president of Cleveland Neighborhood Progress. She's always volunteering to do things on her off time in addition to all the work she does to help inner city neighborhoods with her job. Yeah, Tanya is is tireless, um, it seems, and a very thoughtful leader. You know, she has been engaged in um, community development circles for for a long time now. She used to be at Shaker Heights and then went um, on to the city of Cleveland and did that work there. And when she was announced as the CEO and president of Cleveland Neighborhood Progress um, a few years ago, it, it was kind of like, it was a no-brainer in a lot of ways. And a lot of people said, of course, Tanya would take this role. Look at all the work she's done in community, around community development, with CDCs, um, that that it's a natural fit for her at Cleveland Neighborhood Progress. And she's truly a force of nature. Before we talk about a few of the other members of the class, I should remind folks we're talking to our executive editor at Cranes, Elizabeth McIntyre, about the 2022 Women of Note. We just recently announced that in Cranes. There was a big luncheon for them on June 28th. You can find out more by visiting cranescleveland.com. This is The Landscape, and I'm Dan Pauletta. Elizabeth, before we talk about a few more of the, our award winners, it sounds like a great luncheon, a lot of great speakers. Anything else exciting happened that day? Oh, Dan, I have to tell you, I adore this event every year. I really look forward to it. And this year was, it blew it out of the water. And the, I think the reason was, you know, with the p- pandemic and everything, we this was the first time we've done Women of Note in person since 2019. So 2020 and 2020, 21, we did it virtually. And the ceremonies were lovely. And and don't get me wrong, they really were. Um, And we were very honored to recognize the honorees from 20 and 21 at this year's event. And we had a nice handful of them who were able to attend and we were able to um, honor um, them in person. But I've always kidded around that, um, that we should put tissue boxes as the centerpiece (laughs) on the tables, because inevitably, 
there are these moments, these magical moments that happen that, I mean, I'm standing up on the stage and I'm like, you know, (laughs) tears coming. Um, So it's a very moving, it's, it's an event full of laughter, of tears, of hugs. And the timing of this year's event could not go mentioned about the recent Supreme Court ruling. And April Miller Boys, who most recently was executive vice president and chief legal officer at Eaton, now she's taking on that role with the tech giant Intel. She starts that um, at the beginning of July. And she was the first speaker. And she gave this rousing, incredible speech addressing the need to hold on to uh, women's rights and freedoms and to fight for them and the importance of them and really kind of addressed for a lot of people in that room what I would call the elephant in the room. And right. it was a theme that that a lot of the speakers kept, kept coming back to. And it also was, you know, it, there were some really lovely moments of some of the honorees talking about their parents. Um, at one point, um, Talanje uh, Thomas of um, Jumpstart called out her mom and dad who were in the audience along with her brother to um, thank them for everything and to wish them a happy anniversary because it was their wedding anniversary on that particular day. So, I mean, just there were people, um, Janine Marziani, who is the Ohio market president for Bank of America. She brought her teenage son and daughter with her and had a lovely acknowledgement of them from the stage um, along with her husband. So, those moments are very touching. Um, and another thing that, that was a theme that a lot of the speakers came back to again and again was the importance of mentors, mentors that they had and that they often reference, but also the importance of mentoring the younger uh, generation. Dr. Carol Cunningham in particular, um, who just was cracking everybody up with, with, with some of her uh, stories she was telling about her dad and her uncle and growing up. Um, really spoke to the need for mentoring the next generation and uh, did so in a very inspiring way. Sounds like a wonderful event. Well, let me ask you one other question before we talk a little bit about how you get nominated in 2023. You've seen this event go by for a number of years now. What's changed about the classes? Anything in particular? You know what? I don't know if there's anything that's changed, but I'm I'm always struck by the diversity of the women. Not only racial. I'm talking more about the mix of careers, the mix of industries, the mix of involvement that they're in. So for example, this year we had women who were in professional services like law and financing and banking. We had a lot of nonprofit leadership, which is typical because let's face it, a lot of nonprofits are led by women. But we also had, you know, a handful of creatives, as I would call them. You know, people like Marika, who is um, a designer, um, people like Valerie Mayen, who um, who is a clothing designer and owns a clothing shop called Yellow Cake Shop, um, who also appeared on Project Runway and quite frankly should have won it um, probably <laughs> about 10 years ago. That's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> but also in healthcare. Yeah, she's wonderful. Oh, yeah, she's fabulous. And, you know, so a really eclectic mix of different types of careers and interests that I think really reflects the variety of interests that women in our town have. We've wrapped up the 2022 Women of Note. When we look forward to 2023, what's the nominating process? Do do, do individuals nominate these candidates? 
Yes. So it's open. You can nominate yourself. You can nominate somebody you work with. You can nominate your spouse. You can nominate your mom. I mean, so it's really, we'll, you want to nominate, we'll take it. Um, and what we do is we open up nominations um, for all of our recognition programs early in uh, January. We strive to get it done by January 1st, but some years were a day or two off. So look for it in early January. And traditionally, we hold, um, we usually publish the women of note towards the end of June. So it's best to get those nominations in, I'd say by the end of February, if you can. And I got to tell you, we were overwhelmed with nominations this year. We had more than 150 nominations that we had to, we had to get down to, you know, 10% of them, 15 women. And I seriously, I think the newsroom could have done four women of notes out of the nominations we had. That's how high quality they were. That's great to hear. Look forward to next year's class and congratulations to this one. Elizabeth McIntyre, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Elizabeth McIntyre is the executive editor of Cranes Cleveland. We're talking about the Women of Note, the 2022 class. You can see the entire list by visiting cranescleveland.com. Thank you for joining us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Always glad when you can be with us, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you.